Good morning and happy Easter. Uh, welcome to our Bible readings and our sermon here at St James. Uh, our first reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 65, verses 17 to 25. The prophet writes, Look, I'm creating new heavens and a new earth, and no one will even think about the old ones anymore. Be glad, rejoice forever in my creation. And look, I will create Jerusalem as a place of happiness. Her people will be a source of joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and delight in my people. And the sound of weeping and crying will be heard in it no more. No longer will babies die when only a few days old. No longer will adults die before they've lived a full life. No longer will people be considered old at 100. Only the cursed will die that young. In those days... People will live in the houses they build and eat the fruit of their own vineyards. Unlike the past, invaders will not take their houses and confiscate their vineyards. For my people will live as long as trees. And my chosen ones will have time to enjoy their hard-won gains. They will not work in vain. And their children will not be doomed to misfortune. For they are people blessed by the Lord. And their children too will be blessed. I will answer them before they even call to me. While they're still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayers. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. But the snakes will eat dust. In those days no one will be hurt or destroyed on my holy mountain. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Gospel reading at St James this morning is from Luke chapter 24 and it's verses 1 to 12. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this, so they rushed back from the tomb to tell his eleven disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray and ask for God's help in understanding his word. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your word. We ask that you fill each one of us with your Holy Spirit and help us to hear your voice speaking to our hearts this Easter day. Amen. So uh, let's have a chat about 
fake news. And um, obviously, it's, there is that there is a very serious side to this because with the the conflict in Ukraine, um, obviously the the reporting of information is of utmost importance to both sides, to Russia and to the Ukraine. And there is there are huge efforts to try and verify reports from both sides, but it's a war zone that's difficult. Uh, Russian journalists who've tried to uh, report things that they've seen um, without editorial influence uh, have been punished in Russia for well for saying what they think is true rather than what um, is meant to be being published. But in all war, in all conflict, this issue of propaganda, this issue of um, verifying information and, and controlling what people understand about the story has always been a huge thing. But fake news is also uh, a very real thing um, on, a, on a small level, on a family level. Uh, you'll be aware that we went away as a family uh, just before Easter at the start of the school holidays. And um, so we went away on the 3rd of April. And when we got together, my sister-in-law was clearly still reeling from something that happened two days earlier. Uh, it had been the Friday, the last day of term, uh, and my nephew had sent her a text message uh, saying, Mum, and then another one saying, I-, I need to talk to you. And so obviously he's not, he's a teenage boy, he's not very communicative, so she's like, what's wrong? Uh, and he sent a text back saying, uh, I've been excluded from school for three weeks. So obviously she was concerned, so what what on earth for? Like, uh, it was just an accident, but I pushed a boy down the stairs and he got really hurt. And so my sister tried to call the school but couldn't get through, uh, so she uh, called my brother and said you need to cancel your meetings you need to uh you need to you need to make sure that you're you're free to come meet the school because we're meant to be going on holiday but we need to go and uh, meet the school and find out what's happened we need to understand the the events see if they've got a cctv of when uh, our sons allegedly pushed this other child what if something what if this child's been really hurt what if the police were involved how's it and so she tries to phone the school again. The school again. She can't get through. Can't get through the switchboard. And um, so she takes her son, and it's like, just tell me what happened. What what is it we're dealing with? Uh, and my nephew texts back saying, uh, "Mum, what date is it?" And she realised it was April the first. And she she won't tell me what she said as she realised that it had just been a massive prank played on her. But I would suggest the language was possibly um, well chosen. And um, as they were telling me a couple of days later, there was clearly this huge mix of emotions between... uh, pride that their son had been able to play a trick on them and had been so plausible and had uh, made it work so well along with still just the 
the anger and the distress and the upset at how it had felt to think that, that he was going to be excluded and someone had been hurt and this was all needed to be done. Yes, I'm looking forward to what happens next April in their house <laughs> as his parents look to get uh, revenge. Uh, I might have to speak to them about that not being a, a Christian trait. But anyway... <laughs> <laughs> whether it's April Fools, whether it's um, the very serious stuff happening in Russia, whether it's Donald Trump shouting fake news and about election from uh, the other year, this is a, it's a real, a very real thing. And yet, when I look at our passage today, it's what leaps out at me, because what you have in Luke's gospel is the women are going to the tomb uh, to anoint Jesus' body, to, to make it uh, smell better, to, to show respect, to worship Jesus even, uh, even after his death. And they get there and th the stones rolled away, there's no body, and there are angels. Angels saying, why are you looking here? He told you this would happen, go tell everyone else. And they run and they tell everyone else the amazing news that Jesus isn't dead, that Jesus is alive, that he has been raised like he said he would. And what's the response? Uh, I'm just going to read it literally. Verse 11. The story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. And I mean, we we read this story, and Jesus' resurrection is the cornerstone of our faith. But at the time, it was nonsense. It was impossible. How can someone be raised from the dead, except in the kind of some abstract at the end of all things way? Although they had watched Jesus bring Lazarus back from the dead. But that was Jesus doing it. Jesus was gone now. They'd killed Jesus. So it's like the goose that laid the golden egg has been destroyed. But how do you make the magic happen without the person who, who does all the miracles being there? So the men literally say, that sounds like rubbish. Not having it. Peter. Peter jumps up and Peter goes to have a look. Peter goes to see the tomb. And he sees that it's open. He, he can look inside. He sees empty um, badges, the, the linen wrappings just lying there on the floor. And literally, again, Luke says, he went home again, wondering what had happened. Jesus had told them what was going to happen. Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, a number of other women have all said, We've seen an angel. Jeez, they remind us, Jesus told us this would happen. Do you remember? It was here and here and he was doing this. And, and then he told us that he was going to rise again on the third day. And he has. And the men all go, nah, it's rubbish. Now, God is very gracious, God is very kind, and Jesus appears again to the men. 
he appears uh, several times so that they know that he is risen, they know that he is alive. But it's it, it's just so stark in our passage today. The women see it and the men dismiss it. But then if we look at our Isaiah reading, our Isaiah reading talks about God's promise, God's plan for the future. Look, I'm creating new heavens and a new earth. No one will even think about the old ones anymore. And there's this beautiful description of what life will be like. And it's like, they will, no longer will babies die when only a few days old. No longer will adults die before they've lived a full life. No longer will be considered old at 100. Only the cursed will die as young as 100. Um, we're preparing for Joyce Holiday's funeral. Uh, and at her 90th birthday, she was quite clear with everyone that she felt she'd had enough big birthdays. <laughs> and she'd reached the point where she was happy just to go and be with Jesus. But it's saying that actually life would be such that it's like 90 be middle age. He'd still be up and about and going for a game of badminton, walking the dog, doing whatever, you know, having a dance. This would be different to anything that we've had before. And then, you know, if that's not ridiculous enough, then you get to these images in verse 25. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. The lion will eat hay like a cow. It will be idyllic. In God's kingdom, there is peace. There is no conflict to the extent that those things, those predators that feed on your flocks, that would attack your cattle, they'll all go vegan. Lions won't eat meat anymore. You have nothing to worry about. Now, that's a ridiculous image. And the sort of thing that if someone says, oh, I saw a lion, it was eating grass. You kind of go, yeah, that's ridiculous, or it's you know a, a odd behaviour before it goes off to to grab a gazelle. We are brought up to dismiss the ridiculous, aren't we? We're taught, we've been taught quite rightly, to weigh information up, to look at it, to see, it, to look at the source. Where is it from? Can we trust it? Uh, sometimes people WhatsApp us uh, stories and scares and things and. Um, and there are, there are websites where you can fact check these things and say, is this one of those ones that keeps getting circulated? Is this something we should believe and act on or not? The difficulty is that God's kingdom is different. God's kingdom is going to be outside of our usual understanding, outside of our usual sense of the way things should be. And so there is a real risk for all Christians that as God's kingdom breaks in, we'll look at it and say, no, that's not what we expect. That's not that's not God. God is um, church and sitting in rows and, and hymns and a, a sermon and communion in, the, in this appropriate way. That's God's kingdom. Isaiah says God's kingdom is something that we can't imagine. It's bigger, it's greater, it's brighter, purer. We have good things now. We have things that are blessings from God. 
our work, our families, our friends, our relationships, uh, the creation around us, fallen as it is. We love our walks. We love uh, going along the canal. I mean, you've got to work in Alberta to find a nice walk, but there are nice walks. And yet this is a fraction of what God's kingdom is like. And the difficulty is that we get used to disappointment. Things don't quite work the way that we'd hoped they would. And so we get used to life as it is. And we stop looking for signs of God breaking in. The disciples had invested everything in Jesus and they were distraught. They were devastated when he surrendered himself and allowed them to kill him. They couldn't understand. And in that bleak place of feeling let down and feeling like nothing was as it should be, they then ran the risk of missing the miracle that God was doing. For us as a church, we've been through a hard time. Everyone has been through a hard time. But there is a risk that we just seek to get back what we had before, to get back to what what we had, what was okay, what what worked. When God is offering us more than that, God is offering to do more, to, to change lives, to set people free. The kingdom of God is beyond our understanding. And I've, I, I fear, as someone who's been Christian for um, well, three decades now, I fear that I'll miss it. That someone will bring news of something God is doing. And it'll be nonsense. It'll be something that, that couldn't be, that isn't what happens, it isn't how things are. And I'll say, no. That, that's not God. At least I want to be like Peter. I want to explore when I hear news of God doing something. And even if I don't quite believe it, to go home wondering about it, thinking about what, what might have happened. But how much better how much better to be one of the women who seek out Jesus, who go to Jesus in the midst of their distress and their devastation and their depression and their sorrow. They take all that and they go to Jesus anyway to worship him and anoint his body. And as they go to Jesus, <laughs> they don't find him, but they see angels 
who tell them that they will see Jesus and they need to go and get the guys and wake the guys up. How much better in the midst of struggle and pain and difficulty to be one of those who still seek Jesus, who still look for for where he is, for where he might be. Because those are the people who see, who hear the news of the gospel first. They're the ones who are anointed by God, appointed to go and tell others of the resurrection first. Mary Magdalene is described as the first apostle, the first one told by Jesus, go tell the others. It is absolutely fine. In the midst of our Easter celebration and our Easter joy, to acknowledge and to recognise our pain, our struggle, our difficulty, and that those those things, that pain, that struggle, that difficulty, may well be things that have gone on for months, years, and that as much as we've prayed, it hasn't changed yet. Our call is still to be focused on Jesus. Our call is still to turn up and to worship. To be disciplined in seeking Jesus. So that when he chooses to do something, we are there. I'm not pretending that I am good at doing this all the time. Um... I think I I aspire to be a Peter who looks into things and is puzzled about them. But we are invited to seek Jesus and to see the mystery, the wonder of his gospel. What it means for, for us to follow someone who has beaten death, who is living forever, who will not die even as we physically will die before we can fully be with Jesus. He is our saviour. He is our Lord. He is our friend. He is alive. And we are called to seek him out and to follow him. What are we waiting for? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we praise you for your power and your glory and your majesty. That you are the one who conquered sin and death. And Lord, we confess to you that in our day to day, we struggle to experience it. We struggle to feel like we are one with you, that we are part of an everlasting kingdom. Lord Jesus, would you fill us again with your Holy Spirit? And would you give us the strength we need to seek you out? To go on looking for you, even when times are hard. 
so that we might be there whenever you are active, whenever you are doing this new thing you have promised in us and around us. Lord Jesus, we ask this in your name and for your glory. Amen. Thank you very much for listening or for watching, depending on where you found this. Uh, and happy Easter. God bless.